The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. It is time to talk legal inquiries. It's time to talk with our expert. And that expert this morning is Sonia McEntee, Principal Solicitor at Sonia McEntee Solicitors and the Chair of the Law Society PR Committee. Good morning, Sonia. Good morning, Tommy. Thank you so much for coming and joining us in here. I suppose we'll get straight into it because we have one hell of a amount of questions here. I'll get one in from a text message. Uh, can you ask your solicitor a query I have regarding my house, which has under four years left on it. The solicitor I had when I was buying the house and dealt with my bank, unfortunately, is no longer practising as a solicitor. He was struck off. So I'm wondering, what does that mean? And I don't know if he has the deeds or documentation that I will need when it comes to having full ownership of my home. Can you advise, please? Thank you. Okay, there's there's quite a bit in there. Um, To start off with the four-year term, that probably suggests four years left on a mortgage, I would say. All of the legal work around the ownership of the property should have should have been done at the time the property was bought. So registration in the owner's name as well as the mortgage being registered against it. What happens after that is that the title deeds, once the registration process has been finalised, the title deeds are returned back to the lender. So the title deeds in this instance should be with the bank, should be with whatever lender okay. is involved, as opposed to having been with the solicitor's office, the solicitor's practice. Um so for this person, they simply appoint another solicitor. They can authorise them to deal with the bank on their behalf. And when they have their mortgage repaid, the deeds are then released by the bank. Maybe if I could just mention as well, um, and, and this might arise more often in the context of um, solicitors' practices closing, perhaps. But where a, solicitor's pra- where a solicitor is struck off, for example, the Law Society will go in and take up all of those files. So for anyone who had a, that kind of concern, they can make contact with the Law Society and, and the files are often redistributed then to okay. other solicitors. So you can trace where your file has gone if you need to, um, if there was something on a file that you needed to to track down. So just to say that that, that backup is there mm-hmm. in those kinds of circumstances. Okay. Okay, very good. Thank you very much for that. Thank you for sending in that text as well. I'm sure there'll be a lot more coming in as well. We have a few more here. Uh, What legal documents do I need to sell a property I inherited from an uncle, I suppose, or other family member? I have no intention of living there as it is very far from work. Okay, so uh, people who own property have what we still call a bundle of title deeds. Um, For most properties, that starts off with a folio. Sometimes you can access that online and there will be some other accompanying documentation that maybe covers planning issues or building regulations. If there was work done on the property, your BER cert, you know, other kinds of documents like that, that all form part of your title. But in an inheritance situation, what will also be required is the grant of probate in that uh, circumstance, because that grant of probate proves the uncle's will. Mm -hmm. And if it's under the will that the house has been left to this person, that's what that's what um, forms the chain of title. So the the bundle of title deeds plus the grant of probate is what's required there. Okay, and then the property can be sold. Okay. what about this one? I have been made redundant, but my ex-wife still wants me to pay the agreed monthly maintenance for our child. Can I have the figure reassessed as I can't afford it until I find a new job? I mean, the answer to that is yes, um, you can have it reassessed. I mean, maintenance payments are assessed in accordance with um, the available means as well as assessing what living living expenses are. And when they, when they need to be changed and when there's good reason for them to be reviewed or revised, that can be done. That's application back into the court. If you've already been in the court system, you'll go back into the same court or the same court office. Um, 
I suppose the difficulty is the time that it can take to try to do that. And in some courts around the country, it can take quite some t- several months, I mean, to get that kind of an application back mm. in. So it pl- places a lot of stress on a family then in between when someone genuinely doesn't have the money to pay. And yeah. yet on the other side, someone has an expectation which is based on a court order um, and so is legitimate in that in that context. So it's a very, very stressful situation. It can be done, but timing might be a problem. Really, really difficult. You know, you want to look after your child, but at the same time, you know, the stress of losing your job on top of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Very interesting. What about this one? Um, My brother recently died. Sorry to hear that, but he didn't leave a will. Do I need a solicitor? Um, Post office account mainly. Um, It is possible to extract um, what would in this case would be called letters of administration because there's no will and that can be done by family members. Um, if there's only a post office account, it'll also depend on the value of what's in that account, how much money is in that account as to whether you'll need um, whether you'll need a grant of letters of administration in that case or not. So check the post office balance, contact the post office, ask them what their requirements are maybe before deciding whether okay. you do need to, to go that route or not. If you do need if you do need to take out that grant of administration, it is something you can do yourself, but it is something, of course, that solicitors are doing as a matter of routine and, and any solicitor would be happy to help with that. Okay, very good. Uh, I would like to apply for the rent credit, but, I, but do I have any legal ground to stand on if my re- landlord won't register with the RTB? Um, I, I, this is still a difficult issue. I think that's there, and that the position is that if the if the tenancy isn't registered, that the rent credit can't be availed of. The thing to do, though, is to make a complaint to the RTB about the fact that the tenancy isn't registered. Provide the landlord's name and address. The RTB will contact them. It is an offence not to register the tenancy, and the RTB will will follow that up with the landlord. So hopefully, the landlord the landlord will then register the tenancy, and the rent credit can be can be claimed at that point in time. So I think a complaint to the RTB there about the fact that it's not registered and let them follow up directly. So the landlord the has landlord. to register? Do, do By they? law, every every residential tenancy must be registered with the reg- residential tenancy support. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, can a challenge be made years after a grant of probate was taken out if... If the will provided for the children who were not adopted by the surviving partner, I understand they are not entitled under the Succession Act to benefit from the will. But this was a number of years ago. Make any sense of that? Um, it, it's, a, it's a little confused, um, I think, maybe in terms of how it has come through. Um, can a challenge be made years after a grant of probate has been taken out? I mean, that, that's less likely. It is possible for um, challenges to be made after a grant has been pro- taken out. And in particular, where challenges are being made by children, um, those challenges are made after the grant has been taken out, but within strict timelines. So years and years later, that wouldn't be an option. I'm not really sure what the reference is about them not being adopted yeah. by the surviving partner. So um, children of the deceased person would have an opportunity if they felt it was necessary to challenge the will within a limited period after the grant of probate has been taken out. Um, but otherwise, I mean, people who are not uh, children don't succeed under the Succession Act. Now, in circumstances where there's no will, um, so that uh, it, 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 I think the question is a little is My a little confused. Not, I'm not quite Sonia. sure what it's getting at, other than pr- the potential to challenge a will. Your brain so. must be on a complete different level with this, trying to work all this stuff out. Fair play to you. Uh, My brother's marriage has broken up, and he isn't on the house deeds. Only his wife has he any hold on the house. This will come down to 
the financial contributions. That would be very, very relevant in these circumstances. So if he has financially contributed to the purchase or the payments of the mortgage or that sort of thing, that will all be hugely relevant in terms of a stake that he may have in the house. So it's certainly not the case that where a family home is in the name of one spouse only, that that spouse can assume that the home is theirs without any claim on the part of the other spouse. Okay. Uh, but that's something that needs to be worked through and and ascertained. But financial contributions to, to that will be very, very relevant. So get your bank statements in order. Absolutely. And be able to show what you've been... And, and obviously for most people, they don't envisage they're going to find themselves in these circumstances. It can be hard to track down what they have paid, when they have paid it, but you really need to go looking for that information. Okay, what about this one as well that's just come in? My friend is married to an English citizen. She is Irish and lives in Ireland, but he has gone back to England and started divorce proceedings in England. How can she find a divorce lawyer that can operate in both jurisdictions? Well, the application for divorce will be made in one or other of the jurisdictions. I think that's the first part of the answer there. So So if he makes it in England, even though she's living in Ireland... The, the divorce application then will go ahead in England. And, okay. and I think most likely an English solicitor or ba- solicitor based in England would be what would what should be, uh, what she should look into getting there would be a solicitor. Yeah, the, the application has to be made in one jurisdiction or the other. And then the court on that, if there are, if there are laws then that are impacted either by citizenship or the location of assets, all of that then will be dealt with as part of the divorce application. But the application will be made in one place or the other. And, and both parties then proceed in that jurisdiction. So probably a stupid question. An Irish solicitor has no jurisdiction or whatever in the UK. Then. Some Irish solicitors are on the role of solicitors in the UK. OK. Um, I think very, very few of them might have a practice base in the UK. Some of the bigger firms would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're talking about um, typically family lawyers who are specialist family lawyers operate in more niche Uh, practices in this country. So I suspect if any of them have a cross-jurisdictional practice, that would be very few Mm. in number. But that said, someone like that might be able to recommend a colleague in in England. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Are there set fees for solicitors and is it appropriate to ask what the fees will be whenever starting working with the solicitor? Well, the second part of that question, the answer is yes. It's always appropriate appropriate to ask. Um, And sometimes there may be a fixed fee for whatever the piece of work. I mean, take wills as an example. Typically, a solicitor will tell you right at the start how much it's going to cost for you to make your will. Sometimes on conveyancing, a solicitor might be able to say to you then it's going to cost you this amount of money for this piece of work. But for other pieces of work, it's simply not possible to say at the start because the work that's to be undertaken can change or evolve depending on how other how other people respond or react to what's what's going on or if it's litigation getting into the court process where you've less control over what happens on a day to day basis. And this is where time can come into it Mm. and where time is relevant in terms of charging. If that's how a solicitor is going to charge you, they should tell you that at the start as well, even though they may not be able to put a price on it. Okay, incredible. Very fair play. Um, Last question. Uh, I was declared bankrupt in 2019. However, the bank is still contacting me for a settlement in relation to a loan I took out with a site guarantee. What should I do? Well, for someone who has been declared bankrupt, that shouldn't really be happening. But I, I, I would have thought that the bank should be directed back to the bankruptcy trustee or whoever it was that handled the 
um, administration around that bankruptcy and let them and let them pick that up. But I, I wouldn't have thought that that was appropriate or proper that the bank would still be pursuing okay. any element of. So once you declare bankrupt, that should be the end of that. That, that should be it, and 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 direct any inquiries like that back to the person who handled the bankruptcy for you. They're professional in that area. They'll know exactly what to do and how to hand, how to deal with it. Okay, actually, I've been told I can do one more. What should you do if an account turns up in only the deceased's name after the uh, the will duration is over, and if the other accounts were in joint names on the will? Okay. Uh, well, well, there's no such thing as a will duration being over. All right. So a, a will stands. I mean, it takes effect on the date of that death and it's there forever. And um, executors, for example, under a will, they have lifelong obligations. I mean, to, to manage any assets in relation to that will. Another part of the question relates to um, accounts being in joint names. Typically, what happens with joint accounts is that when one one of the account holders dies, the entire of the account passes to the second account holder. Now, there are some exceptions to that, just to make that clear, but that's the general, that's generally how it, how it works. So if years and years later, an account turns up, which is in the sole name of the deceased, then it's back to, this is similar to the question we were asked earlier about the post office account. Mm-hmm. Um, find out how much is in the account, find out what the requirements of the institution are going to be around the release of those funds, and it may be that a grant of probate is required. Okay. Right. Very interesting, Sonia McEntee. Um, listen, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us this morning. If people do want to get in touch with you, I'm sure they can get in touch with Sonia McEntee solicitors. And of course, you are the chair of the Law Society PR Committee and a Cavan woman. Thanks, Tommy. Absolutely, yeah. Who was Apparently horrified so. whenever she walked in and saw me wearing a Monaghan jersey Well, I did a double morning. take, all right, but uh, <laughs> we'll you, let you off with it today. <laughs> surely you'd be happy for Monaghan to do one over the dubs or is it the, the Monaghan-Cavan rivalry is as strong if, as ever? If Cavan isn't involved, we can support Monaghan. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Sonia, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.